and then the flames are activated with pretty much the only part of my body I have control over uh, while I'm already riding and playing the bagpipes. So uh, my right elbow, mm. I, I have a trigger that I can hit with my right elbow that releases the fire. Gotcha. But when people on the streets ask me, how does that work? I just say, I use the force. From the studios of Kink Radio, it's the Portland 50, a podcast series about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The Portland 50 series is brought to you by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company the legendary Portland institution, serving our community since 1950. I'm your host, Peggy LaPointe. Today, I talk with Brian Kidd, otherwise known as the Unipiper. In college, Brian found a unicycle in a dumpster and started to ride it. At the same time, he was learning how to play the bagpipe. He combined the two, added various costumes along the way, and the Unipiper was born. Brian is launching a new project this month called Weird Portland United that he discusses with me on this week's podcast. At the time, let's see, my, my thought was probably, that would be fun, maybe I can do something with it. Uh-huh. And you take it out of the dumpster and you just start practicing how, and learning how to ride it. Yeah, taught myself yeah. over the course of about three weeks. Yeah. It's not that difficult to ride a unicycle is what I found out. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. You were pleasantly surprised. I, I was. Uh, around the same time, you were also um, learning how to play the bagpipes. I was, yes. That seems like a difficult instrument to learn. Yes, I get that question all the time, like, which which, which is harder? And yeah. it's hands down the bagpipes. Yeah. Tell a story about how that came about, because I read a little bit, but I want to know if that's for sure. It's like they were offering free lessons somewhere. Yeah, right. Um, so I was in school studying marine biology. Uh, and I played trumpet in um, the university's pep band, and I see advertisement for free bagpipe lessons. And um, again, I had pretty much the same thought that I had to the unicycle. It's like, that sounds fun. You know, maybe I can do something with that. And I'd always like the sound of the bagpipes anyway. Yeah. So it's not, it wasn't completely on a whim. Um, and, and I thought it could be fun, you know, um, to incorporate that into the pep band in some way. Um, so, so I show up and start taking bagpipe lessons and find that it, it is rather fun to play the pipes. Were you the youngest one in that group? Oh, uh, actually, no. There was a kid in there probably seven or eight years old. Wow. Yeah. The things would be bigger than he is. It, yes. So you've got the bagpipes. you got the unicycle. At what point did you go, hmm, maybe I can do something with the two of these? It wasn't until a couple of years later, because when you're a college student um, and you have a set of bagpipes uh, that are, are worth more than anything else that you own, mm-hmm. um, and, and they do bring in a little bit of uh, income on the side uh, without the unicycle, um, you know, I wasn't going to risk damaging those pipes. And it, it did. it's one of those ideas that had flirted in my head before, um, but I didn't take it too seriously. Um so it was fast forward a couple of years after college, and I was uh, living uh, on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, um, working at an aquarium, trying to put my marine biology degree to use, and uh, was hanging out with some coworkers um, after work, and uh, we were sitting around uh, having a few beers, and um, you know they, they, they were just like, hey, do you think you could do both of those at the same time? And I was like, yeah, I bet I could at this point and so I tried it and it was like 
instantaneous like wow this is this is neat this works really well really and um, so I, I started doing that uh, frequently and I would ride up and down the beach road um, playing for all the uh, families and tourists on vacation at the beach and uh, they loved it uh, and, and that just kind of kept me going at it. Mm-hmm. Are you in costume at this time or you're just kind no, of? No, no. Like everything about the Unipiper is like an evolution. Uh-huh. You know, it develops over time. Yeah. Um, and uh, at, at that point, you know, I was having enough fun with just the bagpipes <laughs> and just the unicycle. And at that point, I was also, you know, th- there was enough going on for, for me to deal with. It wasn't until later that I started getting the idea to how to expand that concept. Yeah. And here's here's what I'm sort of thinking of. You you had the the, the idea uh, before you moved out to Portland, where did you, where did you picture it going? Is it just, you know, sort of a hobby? Is it just sort of a novelty? I mean, what, what was going through your mind of wonder what I could do with this? Yeah, I didn't have a plan. Yeah. Um, it was just something fun to do and it was absolutely fantastic and it still is fantastic exercise. <laughs> um, I, I, one day I'm going to put together like a Unipiper workout program, <laughs> um, and, and see if I can get people signed up. But, I don't know, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, I brought it out here right to Portland, and I guess um, I thought it could fit here. Mm-hmm. I had heard stories about Portland being this place where people can be themselves, and uh, they appreciate things that are different, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what I found. <laughs> Did, was there anything in your mind when you thought about moving out to Portland? Was there Had you been here before, or had you uh, just heard that it might be a place where you kind of fit in? No, uh, I moved here sight unseen. Wow. Um, And it was that point in my life, you know, maybe everybody has one of those times in their life where where you're like, what next? Mm -hmm. And um, so I had actually uh, had a couple of good friends uh, in college who were from Portland, and they just like, we're always going on about how great of a place Portland is and, you know, to the point where you're just like, okay, we know, we, we get, you like Portland. And so I was like, well, let's let's see Portland. Let's see if it, it really is that cool of yeah. a place. Yeah. And so you moved out here and the Unipiper sort of evolved from that. You didn't have the, the moniker of the Unipiper at the time, but it, it seemed like a natural evolution for what was coming when you moved out here with that. Yeah. Yeah. And you just... Kind of started adding things. I remember, uh, and what I was reading was that you had that video performance from 2011 of you in the parking lot with the Darth Vader um, and the flames. And I think it was that year that you rode by my house because I know where that parking lot is, <laughs> and I live a block and a half from that. And it was New Year's Day. Is that the I, one on Belmont? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, it was New Year's Day. We and must have been neighbors. I, we were, because I would see you go by often. New Year's Day, I'm sitting on my couch, and I'm hearing this noise. And I look outside, and there you go, heading towards the parking lot, you know, in that direction. I was like, huh, all right. So you put together this video just for the heck of it, just because yeah. it became a sensation. It did, and that was not the uh, intent. The intent there was... Um, I had learned to, like I said, it's all in in steps. It's an evolution. I'd learned to play Star Wars on the bagpipes because being, you know, a Star Wars fan and playing the bagpipes, that's what you do. Yeah. Um, And then it just dawned on me one day, you know, like, oh, how neat would it be to, you know, wear a Darth Vader costume and and do all of that? Um, And again, it just sort of, 
I can't explain why, but people react to it. You know, it, it speaks to something uh, in people in Portland and beyond. I think it makes people smile. It does. Uh, well, at least that's what their face does while their brain tries to play right. catch up. Right. What am I seeing? And what is this? I don't know what it is, but I like it. Um, so that video, I mean, you, by this point, you had been in Portland for about four years. And that video goes viral. Um, everyone sees it. Jay Leno sees it, you know, posts it. It's going all across the world, really. Uh, and people are just going, what is going on in Portland with this guy in a unicycle playing the bagpipes with flames coming out, uh, wearing a Darth Vader mask? So what was your reaction to that? All of a sudden, people are talking about you. Again, it, it was uh, it was fun to, yeah. to live through. And um, I, I think that's part of why... I kept doing the Unipipers because I never had any sort of expectations for it. So everything that happened and came out of it, I was like, oh, neat. And um, even to this day, what it is now is just um, the uh, end result of, of me being like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. I'm going to go in that direction with this. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, at, the, at that time uh, when it was first receiving all that attention, it was quite fun because uh, I ended up getting to do some uh, international travel with it. Um, it, it. Jay Leno played that video clip on the Tonight Show, um, and then you know it kept leading to other things until eventually, you know, um, Jimmy Kimmel uh, flew me down to Hollywood and I got to perform uh, live on uh, the Jimmy Kimmel show. <laughs> and and did you ever at any point go, how the heck did this happen? I'm still kind of asking myself yeah. that question today. You know, you sort of, everyone must have that imposter syndrome where mm-hmm. people are looking at me and telling me that I'm the reason they moved to Portland and <laughs> I'm a symbol of this and that. And, you know, I'm asking myself, am I? Or, so it also comes with a certain sense of like responsibility where you feel like you have to live up to these things that people are claiming that you are. Right. Right. Do you get recognized when you're not sort of in your costume <laughs> on the unicycle or wearing a kilt or? Yes and no. Yeah. Um, it's happening more and more. Um, I, I have had just people in a bar come up to me and be like, hey, are you the Unipiper? And that's always kind of neat and weird and everything. Um, but on the other end of that spectrum, this is like my favorite Unipiper story of all time. Um, I was riding my bicycle to work uh, one time. Uh, not too long ago, and uh, when you ride unicycle as much as I do, it starts to feel weird when you hold on to your handlebars when you're riding a bicycle. So I was riding uh, comfortably with my arms down by my side on my bicycle, and this other bicyclist rides up right next to me, and you know how bike culture can be in Portland and how serious it can be. Uh, This guy looks over at me and gives me a very indignant look, and and he's like, you're not impressing anyone, you know. You're not the Unipiper. (laughs) I'm just like... Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> you called me out. You're right. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I, I ride my biker a lot. So, yeah, I understand about that bike culture. Yeah. Featured on Jay Leno, you travel around the world, and you're getting um, the opportunity to be on a number of different shows. There was one point where you uh, auditioned for America's Got Talent, and they were about to put you on, right? And then something happened. Well, they did. They did put you on. I, I did make it in the okay. final episode okay. um, for about uh, five seconds. Okay. Uh, crammed into a montage of other performances. But they were worried about the whole music rights of the 
that right? Sort of. Um, so I auditioned for America's Got Talent um, as Darth Vader because mm-hmm. um, I think that's probably how they found found me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then throughout the audition process, you know, somebody was worried at some point that they wouldn't be able to get the rights to Star Wars or something like that. So they had me uh, change my costume and they suggested uh, my Uncle Sam costumes. You know, <laughs> I guess for people who don't quite understand the Unipiper Union, you have to realize it's not, I'm not just Darth Vader. No. I'm a lot of things. You are a lot of things. You're Uncle Sam, Darth Vader, Superman, a Hobbit, Game of Thrones, Santa Claus. And my 12-year-old was uh, double over laughing, doubled over laughing in the dinosaur costume. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, was a, that was a good one for that, him. And, and I know that there are more because I do follow you on social media. And a couple of months ago, didn't you just buy a bunch of new, of new costumes? Um, I did. Yes, I remember reading. And I tried to find that uh, when you wrote that, and I couldn't find it. <laughs> well, about a year ago, I think it was... Um, Helen's Pacific Costumers, yeah. which was, uh, I think it might have been the oldest existing business in Portland. They've been open for 127 years. Wow. And uh, they're um, just this massive collection of costumes over the years. And unfortunately, they went out of business and they were um, selling off a lot of their old costumes. So I picked up a number of good things that yeah. I've been able to put to good use. And that's the one on Hawthorne, right? Right over um, the Bridge? Or is it, was, it some other place? No, that, I think that's Hollywood costumes. Okay, yeah. Helen's was like um, 78th in Gleason. Oh, okay. Yep. A little tiny building. Did you get the cat costume from there? I didn't, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was a cute one that you posted recently because, and I can't remember the, the gentleman's name, uh, who has his cat. Yes, that would be Mosho, the, yes, the Mosho. cat rapper. Yes, he's... Hilarious, too. And the two of you are funny together. I love that. But you did a happy birthday for him in a cat costume, which was very sweet. So, yes, you are not just Darth Vader on a unicycle. You are much more than that. There was also last year, they sort of revived the gong show. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got asked to audition. Is that correct? Yes. And you were on there. Now, I, I know you didn't get gonged. Yes. Uh, but I never found out what your score was. I don't even remember what my <laughs> score. I, I think it might have been sixteen. Uh-huh. That number sticks out of my mind, but like I don't know what that is yeah. in context to things. I was the very first contestant too. Wow! On the very first show, so you know, at that point, also the judges don't really have any sort of. Uh, you know, there's no baseline to these right. scores, so it was a pretty arbitrary score. But I, I did not get gonged, and that's pretty much all I was hoping to. Yeah, exactly. Come well, you were on the that. ape outfit, and you kept coming around the tree with new things. And I won't say what happens at the end, <laughs> but I think that may have saved you. It was an unexpected sort of surprise. They were yes. probably thinking something else was going to happen. Uh, you mentioned how you uh, early on were sort of making money off of a side job with the bagpipes. I mean, you've done weddings and funerals. And what other sort of things with that? I've been pretty much everywhere, I feel like, in Portland at this point. Um, Parades, uh, grand openings. One of the most interesting things I've ever been asked to do as the Unipiper here in Portland, I was asked to come and perform for a group of uh, dogs. Um, It was, uh, they were training seeing eye dogs, Hmm. and they wanted to expose them to... um, 
something that they may encounter in Portland. <laughs> so they had the Unifiper come out and they were trying to like, as these dogs were getting very excited that there's this weird person playing a very loud, making loud noise, riding on a unicycle. And they were like trying to calm these dogs down while I'm doing my thing. And it was just <laughs> bizarre. But at the same time, it, was, it felt very Portland. Yeah, very much. You're listening to King's Portland 50 series. I'll continue my conversation with Brian Kidd, a.k.a. the Unipiper, in a moment, but I wanted to thank our sponsor. The Portland 50 series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland. One company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950. Now back to my conversation with Brian Kidd, otherwise known as the Unipiper. In college, Brian found a unicycle in a dumpster and started to ride it. At the same time, he was learning how to play the bagpipe. He combined the two, added various costumes along the way, and the Unipiper was born. Brian is launching a new project this month called Weird Portland United that he discusses with me on this week's podcast. What have been some of your favorite things? Because you look on your website and you've made lots of different appearances, you know, as you mentioned, and you've done a lot of different things. What have been some of your favorite activities, if you will, that you've been involved in? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, being on, uh, getting to meet Jimmy Kimmel and being on that show live, um, just kind of the time that that happened, that was uh, right when everything was exploding. I think we were still in a uh, pre-Portlandia, uh, mm -hmm. Portland at that point. Um, everything was, you know, still felt really fresh and new and I had no idea where this was going to lead. So so that really stands out as a memorable experience. But uh, here in Portland, I guess, just kind of, I don't know. I, I've, there's so many things I've, I've done, and I'd have to sit here and think about them all to try and rank them. But just to have been in Portland at this time and sort of been at the center of the change that we're going through, mm -hmm. um, that's what's like on my mind right now because I, I'm seeing what Portland is today and I'm recognizing how it's not what it was even, you know, four or five years ago and definitely before that. So I, now that uh, I'm, a, I'm a new father um, and I'm about to embark on my second decade, uh, or I am in my second decade as the Unipiper in Portland, uh, you know, I'm kind of asking myself, where does this go from here? Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm at now, and I want to make sure that Portland remains a place that uh, gives people with wacky ideas uh, the chance to succeed um, like I was given. Yeah. What do you think it was or is about Portland that made you sort of this natural fit? Um, I think it stems uh, to... It, it, at the core of it, there is an ethos in Portland. Um, it goes back to what I was saying about coming to Portland and being accepted and mm -hmm. doing your thing. I think that is the core of everything. And then uh, <laughs> trying to explain that concept to someone is, is difficult. Um, but over time, we've developed ways to do that. And one of those ways was by putting a slogan on it, Keep Portland Weird. Um, so that definitely uh, helped um, sum up kind of the mentality of life in Portland. And 
so people would say, well, well, keep Portland weird. What does that mean? And I think the Unipiper was just kind of one more thing to put on top of that that you could easily point a finger at and say, like, well, that's keep Portland weird. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think it, it was just the right thing at the right time. Um, it didn't have to be the Unipiper. It, you know, it could have been something else. But I'm glad I could be there to yeah. to help people explain what it is they like about our city. Do you think if you were to come here now, it would be the same? I mean, talking about those changes, I mean, I've been here for longer than that. And, you know, I've seen the city evolve and change, good and bad, you know. But you came here in 2007, uh, which is certainly a different time than 2018. If you were coming here now with this ever-evolving, you know, concept, do you think the embrace would be as big? I would hope so. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I'm I want to do is make sure that people don't forget about those things. I think in today's uh, busy social media driven world, people are too often to they forget to have fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially true here in Portland. I don't think that mentality is completely gone from Portland, but I think it's slowly changing over time because I think why people come to Portland is is changing and evolving. You know, when I came here, um, you know, I, I specifically chose Portland, and I think a lot of other people and artists, artists and creatives were, were doing the same thing, making that active choice. But I think now a lot of people are coming to Portland, um, not necessarily because it's Portland, um, it, because they hear it's an up-and-coming city or because it's where uh, they found a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, we just have to uh, figure out sort of how to fix this post-Portlandia identity crisis um, that I think we are in the midst of right now. And I think we need to reevaluate our, our values and just take a step back and uh, remind folks uh, what we have and, and um, make sure that Portland remains a place where people are given a chance yeah. for, for m- multiple reasons. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, I, I'm hearing what you're saying is it was a calling and it has been a calling for a lot of artists. I remember in college, my sister lived here and I came out twice. And I remember she lived on Southeast Salmon and 14th-ish, and I remember looking at her balcony towards downtown going, I belong here. Mm-hmm. And it was a few years later that I moved out because Portland felt like home to me, just that sense. Uh, and yeah, people come here for different reasons, but I think many of us came here because it felt like home with not this tangible thing we could describe. You talked a little, little bit about this. You welcomed a daughter. Yes. Yes. About six months ago. Uh, eight and a half now. Eight and a half now. Wow. <laughs> this has been the quickest year of my life. <laughs> Just hang on uh-huh. for a second. Like it's even faster. Uh, how has that changed both your approach to what you do as the Unipiper and sort of where you want to take it? It has made me find new ways to find time to be the Unipiper. Yeah. Um, I feel like what, what I'm doing um, as big as the Unipiper has become, it's still not... Uh, anything that I do full-time. Uh, I still have a day job uh, living, you know, the the dream of the 90s where <laughs> I've got my day job and then I've got my passion project. Mm-hmm. And now trying to balance uh, being a dad with that has been quite challenging. Yeah. Um, however, because it is a passion, it's something that um, you feel like you have to do no matter what, which it is to me. 
so now having you know all these new feelings that come with being uh, a parent um, how that affects what I'm doing with the Unipiper I see having control of the Unipiper as an opportunity to create um, a Portland kind of like I was saying I want my daughter to have that same chance that I had to experience this Portland um, where, where people have a common set of core values mm-hmm. and I want her to be able to see what what that's like and, and fall in love with the same Portland that that I did yeah so now I can say one of the ways that I'm actively doing that is by starting uh, my very own nonprofit. Oh, nice. Yes. Is this, because I, I did read you had a big announcement coming in October. Is this part of that or is it this is. separate? This, this is very okay. much part of that. Okay, I'd love to hear about that. Sure. So um, one of another one of my side hobbies for a while um, has been another one of, Portland's love affairs is is beer. Um, and over the years here in Portland, I've partnered with breweries in the past and, and made um, limited edition Unipiper beers. Oh, I've seen that. But this year, um, I had an idea. So I, I knew I wanted to do something to give back to Portland to establish what we had, make sure it wasn't lost, and set up a way for that to thrive in the future. Yeah. What I do is the Unipiper, a lot of times I get involved with doing things for charities and, and nonprofits. Mm. And I'm always asked, like, you know, what what charity do I want to support? And I've never found that one charity that fully aligned with the mission of the Unipiper. Mm-hmm. And eventually I was like, well, gosh darn it, I'm just going to start my own. So um, that's why I'm launching uh, what I'm calling Weird Portland United. Mm-hmm. And uh, this will be the uh, very first nonprofit dedicated solely to keeping Portland weird. Hmm. And so how do I having no experience in in the nonprofit realm, how do I get something like this off the ground? Well, I thought that it could be a lot of fun to raise some money for this by tying it into a beer project. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I've done. Um, I've partnered with Portland Brewing, which is one of the oldest craft breweries here in Portland. And they are making a uh, Unipiper beer Mm -hmm. um, that will be launching in the uh, end of October. And the seed money for Weird Portland United is being donated by Portland Brewing uh, as the proceeds from this beer. Mm-hmm. What is your mission or one of your missions with the new nonprofit? So the interesting thing about Weird and Portland is you you ask 100 different people what weird means, you're probably going to get 100 different answers. It's, yeah. it's very broad and, and not very well-defined. And um, that's actually great because I can appeal to a lot of different people with slightly different angles mm-hmm. with the nonprofit. So the way that I see it is um, I define weird as anything that makes Portland unique or you could even say what makes Portland Portland. Mm-hmm. Several of the ideas that we're pursuing uh, with this nonprofit is uh, creating a grant uh, for community weird betterment projects. <laughs> You know, we want to be able to um, pool our resources and, and, like I said, give people a chance if they have an idea that they wouldn't otherwise have any way to pursue or fund and uh, kind of give it a kickstart. Mm-hmm. Other things we want to do are start a um, Keep Portland Weird Festival, which I just think sounds like something that should already <laughs> exist, but it doesn't. 
something that brings out the community and every tiny little subculture and niche, bring them all out together to one location and, and celebrate all those things that, uh, all those different passions that we have in Portland. But because most of the time we're so fractured and we're living in our own world, we don't realize what is here. Yeah. So let's bring all of those people together, give them one unified voice um, and together make it stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we want to get into uh, helping to preserve some of the uh, weird treasures that we currently have here in Portland, uh, whether it's buildings or helping uh, people who are making a difference. But most importantly, just raising awareness uh, that the the weird spirit is uh, still alive and strong here. Yeah. And who besides Portland Brewing is working with you on this project? Well, we are going to be looking for partners as we move forward. Um, Obviously, Portland Brewing is our our first partner, but um, we're going to be rolling out the nonprofit the end of October along with the launch of the beer. Um, So I'm very excited to talk to anybody who... Uh, you know, if, if this sounds like a good idea to you, then like get in contact with me. Let's yeah. talk. And there are lots of different ways to do that. Yeah. As I found as I was doing some research last night, there was uh, one thing that I saw and it was happening in June and I saw it right after it happened. I wasn't at the Starlight Parade. You were there and I'm not sure if you were performing in the Starlight Parade or I not. I was. Okay. Because you had the carpet cape. Yes. PDX carpet cape. Uh, but there were some folks at the parade, who maybe weren't in uh, parade spirit, I Exa- guess that's, you could say. That is exactly how I saw it. Yeah, and um, they were basically street preachers um, and very vocal. They had bullhorns. Yes. And I saw a video of you going up and down in front of them, playing the bagpipes and essentially drowning them out. And I thought that was pretty cool. I and, had a lot of people tell me that. Yeah. And uh, I understand that there are other people at the time who also told you that that was welcome. It In- wasn't... Including some of the Portland police. Right. I was going <laughs> to say that it, it, because it wasn't negative. Uh, it was blocking out a sound that most people didn't come to hear. Right. So, so. I am not interested in, in preventing people anybody from saying what they want to say right. you know I will protect your right to say whatever you want to say even if I don't agree with what you're saying right. but in the context of the parade here this is this is where there's a difference um, you know everybody there there were uh, families and children everybody was coming out to watch a parade uh, and celebrate the spirit of Portland you know this is part of the Rose Festival yeah. this is like something a that we all share as, as Portlanders and for someone to come out and, and try and disrupt that spirit, I couldn't stand by and do nothing when I had a way to have an effect. Mm-hmm. And so um, I saw the opportunity and just felt like I had to act. Yeah. And like I said, it was a non-confrontational way to just sort of let people enjoy what they were there for, which was a starlight parade. You have the flames. I'm going backwards a little bit. You have the flames now, uh, and you don't employ them or deploy them all the time. No. But, A, where did that idea come up? <laughs> come from? Because <laughs> uh, you don't normally think of flames and bagpipes. And then, B, there hasn't ever been an incident with those, has there? <laughs> no, there hasn't. Okay, good. And I, I work very hard to make sure <laughs> that that's the case. Um, that's that's why you don't see the flames every time you see the Unipiper. Right. Especially in the summertime, there's lots of folks out. I get that question a lot. Where's the fire? Where's the fire? But, you know, people often don't think about what shooting 
you know, fire, um, you know, in, in a crowded space <laughs> entails. Yes. Um, so I have to make sure the situation is very controlled when I do that. But this was at the point in the evolution of the Unipiper where um, I'm on a unicycle. I've got the bagpipes. I'm dressed as Darth Vader. So I've got the costumes and uh, I'm, I'm performing in town and um, some lady comes up to me and she says, uh, you know, that's very impressive. I, I love what you're doing, uh, but I have one question for you. And, and that's, uh, where's the fire? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that, for some reason, that idea stuck with me. So uh, I rigged up a system with a good buddy of mine who does fire performance. I was going to say, yeah. it's got to be a specialized person. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because that doesn't look like it's an easy task to do. Yeah. So I had this question now. It's like, okay, how do you make uh, bagpipes shoot fire? <laughs> <laughs> and I got an answer. Yeah. How many propane tanks do you go through? Um, quite a few. Yeah. I would uh, imagine. Fred Myers loves my business. <laughs> Are they the big camping ones? Uh, yeah. Because uh, that's heavy to carry. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. you and attach I wear it, it to your body. On my back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the flames are activated with pretty much the only part of my body I have control over uh, while I'm already riding and playing the bagpipes. So uh, my right elbow, mm. I, I have a trigger that I can hit with my right elbow that releases the fire. Gotcha. But oh when people God. on the streets ask me, how does that work? I just say, I use the force. <laughs> nice. There you go. Let's see. Willamette Week, Best of Portland, uh, Reader's Poll, Best Local Celebrity, 2016, 2017, 2018. Uh, that's got to be pretty cool. It is. Yeah. Uh, it's not something I take for granted um, any day. I don't know exactly how it makes me feel, but like I said earlier, it's one of those things that gives you a sense of responsibility. And um, uh, I, I hope that I can provide something that Portland, that gives the people of Portland uh, something to smile at and, and even maybe feel a little pride in. And if yeah. I can do that, and as long as I can do that, I'm going to keep doing it. Okay. That was going to be my next question is... How long? How long? Yeah, as long yeah. as long as um, I feel like it's serving a purpose. Yeah, yeah. And then the nonprofit again that's going to be kicking off. We're we're talking in September. That'll be kicking off in October. Late and, October. And the name of it is again Weird Portland United. Yeah. And our website will be weirdportlandunited.org. Well, I'm looking forward to what that has to bring because I think you and I moved here for the same sort of reasons and found a place that we fit into. Uh, and it would be nice if other people can find that home sense when they come into Portland. Exactly. It's nice to finally meet you face to face instead of just riding down my street. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, Brian. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining me for my conversation with Brian Kidd. If you've missed any of the previous podcasts, you can find them at our website at kink.fm. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Portland 50 podcast wherever you're listening. The Portland 50 is a podcast series celebrating King's 50th anniversary, and it's about the people who dreamt, built, and championed the innovation, growth, and uniqueness of Portland. The series is presented by Jaguar Land Rover Portland, one company, two iconic brands. Jaguar Land Rover Portland is a Don Rasmussen company, the legendary Portland institution serving our community since 1950.